On this week's episode, we have flyweight Josiah Reyes on the show. Yeah, Josiah, he's very interesting. Um, we talk a lot about music on this episode. Of course, we get into his fights. It's very interesting is the fact that he pursued a degree in music. Um, he can play the guitar and he punches people in the face at a pro level. So again, his story, it's pretty unique. So um, let's get into it. And uh, I was a second fight and this dude, uh, Ozzy, fought before me and he was in the same uh I think he was in the same corner as me in like the same locker room. So when I was like on deck getting ready to go out, he was coming back and he was like, he was like having the biggest adrenaline high. He was like, woo, dude, you're going to love it. This is the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. Welcome to another episode of Punch This Podcast. I am with Josiah Reyes, flyweight from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much. And, and of course, I'm hailing from Silver City, New Mexico. Originally, got to give that city a shout out, even though nobody's usually proud to be from there. <laughs> oh, so it's like a small town? It's a small town. Got about 10,000 people in the city and then about 30,000 in the county. It's a southwest New Mexico. So it's like, I know you're you're out of Texas, right? Yeah. So it's uh we're about we're about two and a half hours away from El Paso. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so how often do you come into uh, into Texas? Uh, I well, I actually had family. I have some family in El Paso. So like when I was in Silver, we would we would go down there, you know, for like holidays or special events or something. And actually, I had this metal band who um, my drummer has been living in El Paso for probably about a year and a half now. So. I really need to get down there, honestly. It's just so hot, dude. Like, I try, I don't know, man. Me and El Paso have an inter- interesting relationship, honestly. Explain. I just, it's just hot, man. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> well, is that know. a party story? Come on, Josiah, let me let, give no, me some details. Well, man. I mean, I don't have it, or I should rephrase it. I don't have any bad experiences with El Paso, honestly. I should actually say I've only had good experiences there. Every time I've gone to see family, it's been chill. I went to see a metal show down there. Really, really, really fun chill. It was a small venue, so that was a blast. I had to go to the airport a few times because, you know, Silver is so tiny, so El Paso was our closest airport, and Man, I had the 76 Monte Carlo and I drove uh, some friends to the El Paso airport and uh, it was snowed over and iced all crazy, believe it or not. So it was sketchy, dude. And I got this huge giant boat trying to like stop start traffic in the middle of El Paso traffic, man. It was like sketched out. But I mean, I I guess El Paso is, I, I guess it's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, I remember seeing a band out from El Paso, uh, the Mars Volta. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I remember they were, like, really big. So in college, we had a lot of guys coming from El Paso. And a lot of those guys, and they're cool as shit. But I remember uh, the Mars Volta and seeing them in concert, because I know you're a big uh, music fan, let alone yeah. a musician It's in, in itself, uh, Josiah. Yeah. So um, getting into it, like, what do you play? 
So I play guitar since I was 16. I got my my dad's. I picked up his guitar and just kind of fumbled around with it, trying to hide it. And he got home and was like, "Oh, you were you were playing my guitar." And I was like, "Uh, maybe." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Well, you want to learn?" I was like, "I, I guess." Like I'd always grown up seeing him play like at churches and stuff. So I, I he got me started. And I I kicked it off with a bunch of Nirvana. Um, I learned a ton of Nirvana songs, and that got me going. And then a bunch of System of a Down songs. And then, and then from there, somebody showed me um, that Slipknot song. Remember that classic "Wait and Bleed"? Or oh yeah, that's a nice one. yeah, that yeah. one actually came out on that movie Resident Evil. Oh wow! Yeah, that was a. I think that was like two thousand one, two thousand two. But that okay. was a hit for sure. Exactly. That was like the first metal I had really ever heard, and I was like in seventh grade, and I was like, "What is this madness?" And uh, I just kind of got captivated by that and went on this long, I guess, metal journey, try to learn metal, try to play some kill switch and engage songs in this band I had called September Harvest. It was, Oh man, it was not good. It was, we were very, very new. So we, you know, we sucked really bad, but uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what are you going to expect? You know, it's like, you gotta yeah. be a white belt and everything. So that was my white belt days in music. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so you're pretty much a, uh... You grew up a garage band. What venues would you play just around the New Mexico area or? So in that, yeah. So, it, I mean, we were like 16 at this time. So we were just playing like at the parks or like at different things like that. Right. We even play, we drove, dude, one time somebody took a generator out and we drove in the middle of the forest and played like a, a forest party somewhere in the middle. Oh, nice. That was pretty cool. And then uh, I ended up going into this other band called Prey Among Wolves. And that one was like way more technical, a lot, a lot more I guess professional for if you want to call it that like with the musicians in that band were at a high level and I had to really 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 pick up my game to to be a part of that and that band we played like some venues around uh, New Mexico and then um, Arizona and I think even like Crucis as well so that went on for like five four or five years um dude that band busted my chops man I really learned how to Mem like memorize hard difficult riffs in that band and then um and then i ended up playing um for this church band in silver for probably eight or nine years and i basically grew up in that band and then i actually went to college to do music uh, education and that's kind of my whole like that basically set my entire life um trajectory i, I would have never ended up in santa fe if i had and not like started uh, uh college for music and at what age did you grab your dad's uh, guitar Oh man, I was uh, 15 or 16. And then you start playing ever since then? I've been playing since then. Honestly, I quit though, dude. I don't know if you've ever played guitar and instrument, but it's very discouraging, especially guitar. And I, I gave up, man, a couple months in. I just was like, I, this, I can't do this. Like I suck. And like, I don't even know, you know <laughs> where I'm going here. And I picked, I had an acoustic and eventually I picked it up again. And, um, like I said, those Nirvana songs and then those System of a Down songs, if, if anybody's listening and they're trying to learn like an instrument, particularly guitar, because I play drums as well quite a bit. But if you're playing guitar, you definitely want to like put a purpose to why you're playing guitar and then pick some songs that are doable and, and work towards learning just a couple of parts because that'll feel your fire to keep pushing through the heartache. Yeah. So it sounded like you played more like hard rock because you said you mentioned Slipknot and System of a Down. Um, of course, uh, you know, Nirvana, even though, you know, they're alternative rock. It's funny because you thought you listened to music that was real popular, like in the early 2000s. And I know you're probably what, how old? How old was I then? I was probably about uh, 16 or 15. 
So, you, and you mentioned you had an older brother in our previous conversation, Josiah. Um, so, yeah. how did that happen? Because you mentioned that he uh, hooked up with some music. Um, yeah, I have two older brothers actually. So, so a ten-year-older one, and then a five-year-older one. And the five-year-older one, I would just try to match everything. You know, he would be better at me, of course, than everything. But I would think that I should be at his level. So that's why I got so tough and uh, competitive. I'm extremely competitive. If he would beat me at a PlayStation game, like we're playing the. Uh, Oh man, we had this Street Fighter game, and he'd be like Chun Li, dude, and he just start shredding me up. Oh, I'd, be, I'd get so pissed. I'd grab the controller, you know, those PS, those PlayStation controllers. I'd grab one end, and I just start attacking him with it. Crazy man, and we played chess, and like he beat me. We've been playing chess since we were like five. All all my brothers, and uh, he'd beat me at chess, dude, and I'd start crying and like screaming. I grab the king of the rook, bro, and I'd come at him, dude. I'd try to take him out, but um. Yeah, he 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 was my first musical kind of because you know I'm like way young. I I'm not buying any CDs or anything. And he bought like The Offspring, Eve Six, Blink One Eighty Two, of course, like that one Eminem CD that was a classic. Like just all of that. yeah, the Marshall Mathers EP. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, hey, your brother has some good ass taste in music. <laughs> oh, he did. Yeah, he. Yeah, if he, you're into the yeah. rock, you know, if you're into that rock uh, scene. You know the you know the Offspring. You know they're a you know, they're a good, they're a rock band, you know, Foo Fighters. Yeah. You know, you, you know what I mean? And it's funny because I would have never guessed you played that type of music. Just, well, just I play I a lot so. of metal. Actually, I'm a metalhead to the core, man. So, so whenever I started getting into my own, I bought like a metal band called Chimera and dude, it was way too metal for me. I, I took too big of a leap. I was like, I don't understand this. I, I can't listen to it. What about, uh, what about Parkway Drive? Have you heard of them? I've heard, I, yeah, I've heard them a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, probably my favorite metal bands, like for the lately has been like, it's always been like, you know, of course, Gojira, uh, Mastodon, uh, Soil Work, Man. Uh, I, I've seen them live, but I never actually have listened to a lot of Mushroom Head yet. Um, Animals as Leaders, even like Killswitch Engage and As They Dying, yeah. of course. These are all kind of older, like late 2000 bands, but I'm Adam D, still... man, with Killswitch. Oh, man, I don't know, dude. Yeah, dude oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's so. a shredder for sure. Yeah, that's one uh guitarist that you'd want to look up to. And he could produce Dude, pretty well. I remember he did a you know going to like <clears throat> alternative phase. I know he pro- I think one of his first um produced al- albums was a, a band called Under Oath. They re- they uh uploaded yeah. a, a I think Define the Great Line back in 2007 8ish I believe. And Adam D actually produced that that album and it's it's one of, it's actually probably the best Under Oath album to date. No way. He's produced many albums and he's produced many albums for Killswitch Engage as well, actually. I so believe it. He's a beast, man. He is a beast. So again, you mentioned that music pretty much um, led you into college. So, you know, going to school, how was that, man? Studying music and all. I mean, I got I got talked into it kind of just because like I was going to go to get better at guitar, which is kind of a weird way to get better at guitar. And the music professor at the time was like, look, you're going to try to get better at guitar. You're going to come to college. Why don't you just get a, like a degree where you could actually like make money or be like, have a future. He's like, why don't you just get a musical ed, a music ed degree? So I'm like, I don't care. Like whatever, let's do it. So I just went in blind, bro, super blind. And, uh, Oh my God, dude. I, so when you do a music major, you have to go through music theory and it's just, a it's like learning. It's basically learning a new language. So, Man, most of about half of the people fail out the first semester. That's just like the normal statistic for for when people take music theory. And sure enough, I started the class with 12. And by the second semester, we only had four. 
So it was, dude, it sucked, man, because everyone's like a singer, and we had to do um, ear training, tons of ear training. Every Tuesday, they give you a random list of 10 melodies, and they would pick one of the melodies. You don't know which one. You have to sing it in the correct pitch, the correct timing, and, and end in the correct key, and he would set a little timer, tick, 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 and he would grade you. if, And if the timer went off, automatic 20-point deduction, and if you mess any of those things up, it'd be like deduction, deduction. And Man, I was getting 40s, 50s, 60s, like I scraped through that by the, I don't even, by the graces of God, honestly. And man, I made it through all, it's um, four semesters of theory. So it's just two years. I made it through all that, all the music history, the instrumentation and arranging, the conducting, the tech classes. Unfortunately, our music um, program at uh, Western in Silver City, um, it ended up getting shut down before we, any of us could finish our music majors. So I ended up having to get a interdisciplinary expressive arts, which actually helped because I learned how to edit video. I learned how to edit audio. So I've been doing like a ton of um, recording cause you know, I have so many, so many different bands over the years and tons and tons and tons of originals too. So it was nice to learn how to record and edit audio and stuff. So I'm like, man, I'm in a musical prime right now. I've been writing so much riffs and, and songs. It's like, Cause I'm not distracted by work. I had this, uh, this state job for four years up here. It's how I ended up here and it's been done since September. So I've just been focused on, you know, going into this pro career of, of fighting and then man, I'm playing so much guitar right now. It's like the coolest thing ever. And what university was this at? So it was a uh, Western New Mexico university there in silver city. You know, that's, that's awesome actually to hear Josiah, you know, the fact that you pursued a degree and, you know, you're studying music, but getting into your fight career, like how did that, how did that go from music to I'm going to be punching people for a living? And, you know, you're two and oh right now in the pro game. Right. Yeah. Um, no, it's a good, it's a good question. I'm trying to figure it out myself right now <laughs> still. So, uh, so after, uh, like I said, I, I never, I got in one fight in high school and it was just cause my, my good bro Farley was about to get double teamed. He got disrespected real bad. And he's like, I'm going to check this dude after class. And I was like, dude, I have that guy in class first period. So sure enough, I saw him check this dude, but then uh, he was about to get kind of jumped. So I just like instinctually, helped in and try to attack this other dude to help my bro out. And uh, we became best friends ever since then. We barely knew each other. So we're best friends to this day from that. But um, other than that, I've never, I've never really been in a fight. Granted, I attacked my older brother often with chess pieces and got beat up because of that. But um, I, I, I started doing a jujitsu when I was like 25. I got dragged into a jujitsu class um, there in silver. It was, you know, we, we don't have any academies or anything like that. So it was like, an art studio attic and uh with a blue belt um which he was very good very good teacher too hari and our uh, professor over all of us was uh kelly um unfortunately he passed away um but anyway we we uh trained some jujitsu and uh, man i fell in love with it right away i was like this is the coolest thing i've ever done i, I wish i would have been doing it way 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 earlier and uh it just i took off with it i loved it i i got addicted to it you know how it is. You just go hard on YouTube videos and try to learn every single different move people are, are showing on YouTube. I did a couple of uh, tournaments and of course you got to drive to Albuquerque, which is like four hours from silver to get your closest tournament. And uh, I, I found good success there. I was, I was winning, you know, kind of wildly, but I was winning and just, I really liked it, man. And, and then, uh, and then all of our coaches moved away and I had to take over our academy, which is kind of funny. Oh, wow. It was called a club. It was an academy and I was still a white dog. So I was like, Oh my God, I don't know how to teach. I don't know what I'm doing. And 
our coaches are like, you got this, bro. Just, <laughs> just do you. And uh, I, I subscribe yeah, to it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I subscribed to a Marcelo Garcia's Academy online and dude, I just went hard watching so many Marcelo videos and I was teaching his lessons for a while. And then, um, Pitbull uh, Jiu-Jitsu in Albuquerque ended up like adopting us. I met him in Albuquerque one uh, trip. And so they kind of took us under their wing and I got my blue belt through them, which is really cool. They're so, such a good people, such a good team man, so loving and just like any good jujitsu school is. And then um, I just did jujitsu for about three or four years in silver. I was uh, teaching, you know, new people really. And um, I worked with youth at the time. So I was teaching all these young, you know, I had probably ages, all the way down to six at some times, all the way up to about 21. So I was teaching them. That wasn't part of the group, but of course they all wanted to learn self-defense. So I had a bunch of bags in there where we would meet at. So I was teaching a bunch of, you know, youth like self-defense stuff. And then I got this job up here in Santa Fe. So about that time is when I was getting the itch to test my jujitsu, you know, I'm watching all these fights on like MMA, uh, well, like UFC and different promotions like LFA and even Bellator and, I'm just like, man, like I could get out of that mount. Like, why can't these people get out? I'm like, why yeah. can't they sell? Like I could sell. I know I can. So I got all just like worked up. I, I just wanted to test my jujitsu. And, and when I, like before I left silver, I was uh, kind of learning some striking a little bit, some kickboxing. And uh, when I moved up here, I, this was my first time ever like really training at an academy. I, I found Gracie Baja Santa Fe and uh, they had some veterans, you know, like Angelo Sanchez, a Senai warrior, uh, he was like heading up the Muay Thai and he had a long fight uh, MMA career. Then our head instructor, Thomas Pless, he had a, uh, a good fight career as well. He's just a beast in every possible area you can be a beast in. So like we had a lot of little killers there and veterans, but it, and then the vanilla gorilla, Jess Martinez. So it was like pretty chill. And, um, and, and I took my first MMA fight and it was rough because I didn't understand how to strike yet. So I kind of got like my leg kicked off and I ate a couple of Superman punches and I had on a bad adrenaline dump, dude. Like I, I was there, it was like King of the Cage and uh, backstage it was, um, you know, it's weird. Like if you've never been in a an MMA fight, like I never had been, it's super weird. Like you got people hitting pads you got people taking naps like it's just the most random thing you're in this crazy little kind of dingy locker room where you're crammed on top of each other with one mat for everybody to warm up on and uh, i was a second fight and this dude uh ozzy fought before me and he was in the same uh i think he was in the same corner as me in like the same locker room so when i was go like on deck getting ready to go out he was coming back and he was like he was like having the biggest adrenaline high. He was like, Woo! Like, dude, you're nice, gonna nice. love it. This is the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever done in my life. And I was like, Oh my god, okay, like here we go. And then Holly Holmes just standing right there. She's just like in all her glory, like she had her hair down, like her long blonde hair is like all the way down to her knees. And I was like, Oh my god, like Holly Holmes standing like right, like right next to me, like two feet away. And, and I Wonder got, Woman. dude, yeah. And I got so nervous that they had a little water cooler there. So I just kept going to the water cooler and like taking with those little tiny cups. And I kept drinking all kinds of water, dude. And man, I, I went out there and I adrenaline dumped so bad and just, uh. dude, I went to war and I had a, it was the hardest fight of my life. And after it was done, I lost split decision and I still almost edged it out just by the, the sheer grit of my heart. But 
I lost and I went and backstage and threw up all that water and like, oh man, my leg, I couldn't straighten my leg for like a three weeks probably, dude. It was, it was kind of a rough experience, but I'm glad I, I felt what that was like, you know? Well, you tacked on six straight wins after that, Josiah. Yeah. You yeah. know, going into your pro career, you're already 2-0. You know, your last victory was against Rick, Ricky Esquibel. And uh, yeah, that was a fight to see. That, that rear naked choke, you know, to finish him off, God almighty. I, I thought your arm was going to snap. And you just fought through it. I'm thinking like, holy shit, it's going to snap. It's going to snap. And the fact that uh, you got to watch the fight, guys. It's, it's intense, you know, for the round that it was. I think it was a two, three-minute fight. You yeah. did work. Dude, that was a, that. oh my God, bro. Like, does, you, do you have any tattoos? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't have any tattoos, man. And, and uh, I, I, I was telling some the other day, like fights are, are like, so whenever you get a tattoo, you, you like remember the exact point of your life when you got it, right? Pretty much. So that's like how the fight is like every time you have a fight, you're just like, it's basically like getting a tattoo on your soul pretty much. And uh, dude, I, oh my God, it was the first time I was ever in a, in a camp like full time without a job. Like that was my job. So I'm grinding with the, you know, the destroyer, the renegade, um, Sanai warrior. We're going to Latrell's and Ray Yee's grinding with their bros, Jordan and all their guys down there. And then of course up here with our guys at the Santa Fe, Gracie Baja. And it was just, it was the first time I'd ever experienced like, this is what a real professional fight camp is full time. Right. And it was a grind, bro. Like we were hitting strength and conditioning hard with David Padilla at the Santa Fe Athletic Co. We're getting our circles in, getting our rounds in. It's Christmas time. It's cold. I was going through kind of some drama and a little bit of a relationship at the time. So that made it all. It gave me some fire to go run, actually. But, uh, <laughs> dude, it was just so rough. And all of us got the flu really, really bad, like, in uh, early January, all the way through our fight. All, like, our whole team kind of did. So it was just Dude, I couldn't even, my hip was like out of, like my right hip was so jacked up. I was like limping the day of the lands, but I hid it from everyone. But I was like, I was so scared, man. Cause I'm just like, dude, this is a big fight. And my body is completely a wreck. I'm sick. My body's so broken and sore. Like I just want this. I just wanted it to be over with, honestly, man. I just, I just wanted the day to be come and gone. The day before, it snowed all crazy here, man. There was like cars flipped over on the side of the highway when we're driving into the casino to weigh in. It was just freaking crazy, man. And in the day of the fight, I just felt sick, dude, and just horrible. Like my coach is giving me his, you know, his good pep talks that he gives you on the way down. Like he, he knows how to give you like just he just I don't know he's been there and done that so he knows how to kind of tell you what you need to know and uh I felt good hitting pads or once we started hitting pads I was like all right like I'm right my body is very very well trained I'm ready to get it and man we went in there and I, I didn't really know what was going to happen I was just ready to go get down anywhere honestly and I hit him with the good superman punch I, I hit him with the Nice little, like, chat. I blocked, like, his kick and, and fired back my own, like, classic Muay Thai stuff we drill all the time. And and then he almost took me down. I was getting super sketched out. And then, man, I don't know. I was going to look for some nasty ground and pound. He caught me in this Barada Plata, bro. I don't know where it's, like, a kind of a specialty move. Like, you don't even see that 
in jujitsu tournaments very often. It's and it's honestly a Gracie Baja move. Like one of the Baratas, like a Gracie Baja guy. It's kind of <laughs> funny. But man, he caught me deep in this Barata pod, dude. And it hurt, bro. Like that freaking hurt real. I was starting to panic a little bit and get scared. And I was like hitting him and just my coaches were trying to keep me calm and Finally, I spun out of it and, and popped out, and I was pissed. Yeah, we don't pay I, for that. Yeah. yeah, I caught him with an album. My coach, crazy oh, coach, the trail. He's like, "You got him! You fucking got him!" <laughs> like he's losing it. And, you know, when I took the back on that scramble, coach Josh is just like, "Don't lose that grip." We had that like Khabib grip, is what we call it, that inside wrist grip. And then from there, I was just like, "I got to put this guy away." Like I just want this day to be over with. And again, you ended it with the um, we're naked choke. And that was it, first round finish. So the fact that um, it was broadcast on the UFC Fight Pass, and uh, you know, family and friends watching it, you know, what a what did they say after the fight was over? I couldn't imagine the props you got, Josiah. And um, well, I had a lot of support over there show up, which is really cool. I, like my whole church family's been going all my fights basically, so that that really means a lot to me. And then my dad mobbed up from Silver and saw, and uh, I had some friends um, also show up too. So. Had a lot of people there and then like oh man our whole team we had six five i think five people fight that night out of our like latrell ray e and the uh, santa fe uh, bjj team and all of us won too we went five and oh that night and um so that was just like the coolest thing all of us were just you know killing it and then jerome was after my fight so i was just like all right well you know i want to i'm still like excited and, and just looking forward to see jerome in, in action so I was just more pumped to see that than anything. But um, unfortunately, my since I was like still on the undercard on that, mine didn't get uh, streamed on UFC Fight Pass. I was super sad because my brothers are in uh, Alabama and Michigan and mm-hmm. didn't get to see it. So that was kind of a bummer. But So the next fight, what what's in the future for Josiah? Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to get on the, some LFA card soon. I know they put our names in, so I'm just kind of honestly waiting for a matchup and staying sharp, like hitting – hitting technique still, hitting strength and conditioning. Of course, um, you know, Jerome's got his, you know, his big fight coming up. So we've been, you know, in in camp there um, helping him get ready for that. And then, and then even uh, Jordan Espinosa had his fight, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago. So we were like um, in that camp off and on helping him for that. So just been staying like super sharp and I'm so addicted to training. And I do, I just love Muay Thai and striking and jujitsu. I'm like, it's just my life. You know what I mean? So I'm just trying to stay, uh, stay sharp, stay active. And, and whenever LFAs or whoever actually is, I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking at right now, I think is, is an LFA fight, but I'm just trying to stay ready for that call on and getting ready to find the next challenge and the next puzzle. Like I said, I played chess like my entire life. So it's essentially just like playing a chess game really. So right now you're just going to be training, just kind of just waiting for the next, the next call up. I'm just, yeah, I'm just waiting for that next matchup, hitting it, working on things I feel like I need to work on. And just, I'm kind of in love. I'm kind of in love with it. I just, I don't know. There's nothing like it. It's, it's, it's dramatic. And I always kind of, I don't know. I've never been one to be in a drama, but the more that I watch fighters and, and fall in love with the game, it's so much drama, like their life story, their history, their family history, their friends, um, maybe like drama in the camp or on the team, the drama of the fight, overcoming adversity. Like there's just so much drama to it. And and then you got people like Poirier who, who he's like 
such a warrior and then he's doing all this good charity work you know and like and then i don't know if you know theo vaughn man but theo vaughn's like a big uh uh dustin poirier fan he's a comedian so yeah. he's all he's all getting sucked in i dude i just find it so cool when people um fall in love with mma i remember seeing that guy on the real world theo vaughn really yeah he was <laughs> Like back in the day, Josiah. <laughs> That's hilarious. No way. Uh, no shit. Hey, no shits and giggles. He was like nineteen, twenty, man. I thought. I think he was young. But check it out. Oh my god, that's so, dude. Theo is something else, man. But like, just seeing people fall in love with MMA. I because at first they're just like, "What do you like?" That's just a you know brute violence sport. Like that's just kind of too vulgar. And then once they see the ins and the outs, and these fighters are regular people like anybody else. They just want to build a family and they just want to like do what they love and and inspire people for the most part so it's like i don't know man i'm just falling more and more in love with it i just want to be you know i want to be smart i want to take care of my brain and my body and you know i'm like in my 30s already so i'm trying to be you know i'm not a young hungry lion just trying to freaking go to war all the time i'm trying to be like more of a smart kind of wise man and, and fight that way well that's smart thinking josiah and uh it's funny it's funny because you brought up uh the diamond Dustapoye and uh that fight yesterday what'd you think dude i wanted it to be over honestly like after the second round i was like they should just like this is crazy they should just call it a draw stop like I don't know, man. It's so they're just beating each other to a pole. But I was so proud of Dustin Poirier to pull through. It really showed like he's, yeah, got he's a that. good guy. Yeah, he's a he's a veteran. That's for damn sure. And I remember watching him when I first uh, saw Dustin. It was on a, a documentary years ago, and uh, it shows like his you know him going up into the into the pros and making it into the UFC. And you fast forward to now and. Um, I remember watching it and not knowing what Pedialyte was and then him explaining it. And you know, even till this day, every time I see him fight, I always think of the Pedialyte, Pedialyte bit. Uh, but again, you know, Dustin Poirier, the fact that he is fighting and at the level he's at, I think he's number three in the world. Um, and he won. He grinded it out. I thought he might have maybe, I don't know. I was kind of thinking, shit, dude, this might be a, a loss for him. He's, I have never seen him eat that many shots in a fight and he just grinded it out and got that win and, you know, one for the good guy. Uh, I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, Dan Hooker's got some mad skills. I was so oh, impressed yes. that he was staying in the pocket with Poirier and kind of getting the better of him, going in the body, throwing those knees up high, man. Like, oh, man, I was getting a little scared for Poirier. But, dude, he really – he's mentally tough, and he edged that one out pretty nicely. Uh, can I ask you a question? Of course. Do you have a girlfriend? I do. I do, yeah. Okay. Would you um, consider doing a Mike Perry? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh man, come on, Josiah. I was lit. I literally snapped. I sent her a snap. I was all, oh, well, this would be something me and you would do. And I don't even think she knew how, like, she was watching the fights on her own. Mm-hmm. I don't think she understood, but that's hilarious, man, that you bring that up. I've been having her um, hold pads for me this entire quarantine, bro. And She's freaking, she's learning quick, dude. She's holding <clears throat> tie pads for me. I'm cranking those kicks on her, man, and like nasty elbows and knees. And, dude, she's eating them pretty good. So, she's, uh, honestly, like, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be opposed to trying it out, dude. <laughs> it's funny because I think Visbing brought up a good point. Like, maybe he did it for um, economic reasons, you know, money issues. And he did state, like, in his post-fight, and we'll get into the fight, but it was just funny because, uh, you know, Platinum pretty much just said, hey, listen, you know, I got to pay taxes and this and this and that. And it was just crazy because, um, you know, Bisping pretty much nailed it. And I know, you know, Mike Perry can't go, he can't progress in his 
career where he needs a camp, you know? And it yeah. was cool to see this one off. Like, it's funny. It's funny to talk about, but <laughs> there's no way to hell you could continue this success. There's no way. You got to find yourself a camp. You got to find yourself good coaches, good training partners. Oh, my God. Dude, that's so funny that he did that. And, like, I mean, he was out here at Jackson Wink for a bit, too, but he's got a good mm-hmm. point. Like, why, why, you know, have to pay all the corner men? I mean, I would never – I would never, I mean, I'm my cornerman on the whole entire, my team and my cornerman are the entire reason that I like, I've had any success at all. Like I've literally followed directions and won to a T like my, I follow my corners directions and I win. Like that's all there is to it. So that's pretty crazy that he did that, man. That's so awesome. (laughs) All right. It's crazy. But, um, and I know he, he mentioned that he wants to train out with, uh, Romero, all signs are pointing towards him and uh, Darren Till. So for the most part, man, uh, you know, Mickey Gall, like how would you, how do you think he felt losing to Mike Perry like that, you know, without him having a, a, a camp? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think he knows Mike Perry's so crazy. Like he probably doesn't even think much of it. Like Mike Perry's just, man, did he get into a street fight like a couple weeks ago? I'm not sure. He was all be, he was all cut up. He posted on Instagram. He was all cut up. His knuckles were all bloodied up like a few weeks ago, man. Who's that, Mike Perry? Yeah. No, man, that was he was trolling. That was like an old picture from like a year ago, Josiah. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, he's fun. <laughs> he I didn't does know dumb what. shit like that. Yeah. He, he posted an old picture to get like, you know, the pot going, you know, stir the pot a little bit and it worked. But no, nah, he I, was just fucking around, man. Okay, well, he's kind of crazy, man. Like, yeah. after he won and they announced his name and he did, like, what did he do? He was like, whoa. Like, he I don't like even know. That poo-poo face, you know, whenever you step in shit and it's like, ooh, man, that smell. He might like a, <laughs> uh, caught a poo-poo face. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, well, I got to say, though, I was impressed with Mickey Gall's striking. Like, he was starting to stick and move. Like, Perry even said so himself. Gall was, was um, doing pretty good on the feet. I was impressed with him. I thought, I kind of thought Perry was going to maybe put him away a little earlier. So, I was impressed with Mickey Gall. Yeah. So what, uh, what fight are you looking forward to now that uh, Fight Island is just around the corner? Oh, man. Uh, I, I'm i looking forward to that Peter Yan fight. Uh, I I really think he's going to be Aldo, honestly. I Man, I was sad to see Corey Sandhagen lose because I'm a real big Corey Sandhagen. I mean, I am a big Corey Sandhagen fan, but I just I wanted to see him work and to see him yeah, get Yeah, I wanted to see that stand-up. Dude, I got real sad. Um, yeah. uh, what other fights are coming up? Um Oh, you got Usman versus Burns coming Usman in. versus Burns. That one's going to be sick. One of my teammates, Corey's like a legit wrestler. So he's like, he's all about it. You know, he's grinding us on the wrestling. So he's he's pumped for that one. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely, I don't know who's going to win that one. It's going to be yeah, a good a fight, good man. I, got, I think Usman might get it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Burns gets that upset. But I think Usman is going to. He's going to get it. I think he's going to get that W. And then you have uh, Volonowski versus Max Holloway. Oh, oh, man. I mean, I mean, he really destroyed um, his legs on that last fight, uh, Holloway's legs. That was such a beautiful game plan. I'd, I couldn't imagine um, Holloway letting him do that to his legs again. So uh, hopefully, hopefully he can come with a better game plan this time. That leg after the fight. I even started like rubbing my leg, Josiah. That was hard to watch, man. I've had my legs kicked up a little bit. Not that bad ever, but it's like one of the worst feelings in the world pretty much. The fact that, uh, you know, you do fight for a living now, you know, you're in the pro circuit, you're two and um, you know, what advice would you give a young fighter coming up through the amateur level? 
Man, that's a good question. I have so many, like, because when I work with youth for those so many years, a bunch of them are pumped now. They're like, oh, I'm going to be a fighter too. And they're like super pumped, you know, they're gung ho. They're, they're like, I'm going to do this for a living for sure. So I'm constantly giving advice to people just starting actually. Um, honestly, the, the first thing I like to say is like what my professor, my first professor Kelly told me when I told him I wanted to try test MMA waters. He's like, he was like, here's what you do. He's like, stick that in your back pocket learn jujitsu. He's like, get your jujitsu down you're grappling down first and everything else will fall into place. And, and he's right. Like I did that. And, and the striking really is falling in a place quite nicely. So I, I kind of agree with that mindset. I, I'd say if you can get your grappling really down confident and then build up your striking as on that foundation, I think that's such a, it's, it's worked for me. And I think it works well for so many others because you're not scared to go to the ground. And, and so many people, if you, if you're incompetent and you go to the ground, you get subbed, you get ground and pounded. So you really, really want to have comp competency um, in your ground game. And then other than that, I would also say just strength and conditioning is so key for injury prevention and, and just for overall um, better functioning. And like, when I say strength and conditioning, I mean like, what we're doing at the Santa Fe Athletic Co, we're doing like functional fitness, like for for fighting. Like we're doing movements that you literally are using in fighting, right? And we're using and we're doing movements that are going to strengthen the ligaments, the tendons, the little muscles that may prevent injuries or that might need um, stabilize you for your balance or or give you um, better core for following through on your punches or your takedowns or your double legs or um, uh, takedown defense. So. I really would recommend um, up and coming people, and I'm sure this is pretty common knowledge, just really get your strength and conditioning, your functional fitness down. And then the other thing is like, you really got to find some mentors. I mean, that goes for anything in life, any field in life, but for sure finding those mentors that you look up to and can pull from and, and pull from their experience, like not only just like famous ones who you kind of like follow and look up to, but in person, like you got to find those people in person and like, I mean, I don't know, man. I know everybody's journey is different, but mine's been so special because I've, I've, I've been adopted in this little beautiful fight squad family. And our coach, Josh, uh, the destroyer, he's always just like from the very get-go, he told me this when I was like set my second fight in. He's like, look, he's like, the fight's kind of crazy. You know, it's over in thir nine minutes if you're an amateur and like, it really is the journey. You have to find a way to enjoy the journey. Like otherwise, man, I mean, it's, it's going to be cut. It's going to come and go. And then, Oh, you got to grind through another two month fight camp and you don't even like it. So you really need to make sure like you enjoy the fight camp as crazy as that sounds or just enjoy the process. So where can we follow you at Josiah? Oh, uh, I, I got an Instagram, a uh, silver city strangler. Um, that's my, my fight name. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram and then just uh, Facebook, Josiah Reyes. And, um, oh man, I did want to tell you too. I know you were talking, I listened to you in the, the Renegade um, podcast earlier. And man, so you, if you're coming out and you're going to try to eat, Thomas, eat this is, ah, ah, it's all right, dude. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I got to he's going to get shit for that. Dude, I gotta talk it's to Jerome about it. I don't know, dude. I'm disappointed. I, even whenever I was listening to him, I was like, if he says Thomasitas, I'm gonna be pissed. And sure enough, he said Thomasitas. It's good, uh, but I would not go there if I, I would go somewhere else. <laughs> like, uh, 
<laughs> I mean, it's good. I, sh- I need to stop hating on Tomasitas. It's just, it's been hit and miss for me, man. And I live right by it too. And I don't know. It's- uh, oh, so you should know. Then. So, what, so what's the other place then? If you can name another alternative spot since Jerome kind of, you know, shit the bed on that. Well, every, a lot of people will tell you Tomasitas. So he didn't, he's not wrong, but he's not right. So I would say if you're going to Santa Fe, um, my favorite place is La Choza, dude. Like, La Choza is just so much better, dude. I'm like, oh, my God. Go to La Choza for sure, dude, if you're trying to get that good Mexican hitter, as Theo Vaughn would say. Oh, there um, you go. go. There you go. <laughs> go to La Choza. Or the Shed is as well. Their sister restaurants. The Shed's, like, packed, packed. You're going to wait at least an hour and a half, though, if you're trying to get in there. Or an hour, maybe. Um, La Choza, you're going to still probably – anywhere in Santa Fe, unfortunately, in the downtown area, you're going to wait, like – 30 minutes to an hour, no matter what. But um, yeah, I would hit La Chosa or the Shad. And then if you're in Silver City, my neck of the woods, way down there, um, Jalisco's is like where we all go for um, great Mexican food. But yeah, man, go to La Chosa. Yeah, we'll try it out then when we make our way to New Mexico because, uh, again, I was trying to get some you know, some places to visit and eat at. So, and, and again, Jerome even called, man. He said, I'm going to get some shit for this, but you know, props to him though. He still, he still said it. And uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine you just, I just wanting to rip your hair out. But again, you know, oh. I appreciate the the alternative, man. A lot of people say Tomasitas, man. So I, I, I can't hate. I've eaten there many times. It's came through for me many times, but many times it hasn't. And Lachose has never let me down. There you dude, go. So. Hit me up if you're trying to come through New Mexico. Oh, yeah, for I'll check sure, sure. more info. Cool. All right, everybody. Uh, this is the final round. And uh, for this final round, I have a question. Y'all were talking about music earlier and mostly about metal and stuff like that. I want to know what are y'all's like guilty pleasures when it comes to mu- music? Like what's something that you don't think people would like look at you and be like, he listens to that? Like what's something that, that y'all listen to? Oh, my God. All right. Um... I got I got one right away, man. Oh my god! So whenever I was telling you about my brother um, and you know me listening to like the music he was getting, well he he bought <laughs> he bought the this Aqua CD. You remember oh, Aqua? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but dude, like that. Honestly, I gotta say, like I gotta say though that CD, yeah, in physical standpoint, that musically speaking, uh-huh. in the beat. Like all the music they put together was really, really, really well done. Yeah, that Barbie Girl song is kind of stupid. The rest of the songs on that album are stupid as well, but they're all with the music. Like, dude, it's pretty good music, man. I, even to this day, if one of those songs from that, like Doctor Jones, Dr. or Jones. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude, there's so many, there's too many to name, man. So that was probably my biggest one. Nah, man, I remember when I was younger, I, I had a little sister, and she listened to Aqua and Hanson and Spice Girls, man. So you know, we're only like two years apart. So growing up hearing that, now I could probably I could probably sing the whole entire album to you if you want me to, Josiah. Like me I know too. that I can sing right with you inside and out, bro. <laughs> well, it's karaoke. <laughs> Oh man, I was I would have never guessed that. That's funny, man. You just kind of just opened up a, a floodgate of memories, man. That's that's hilarious. But yeah, Aqua, I did that's a, a good one. Yeah. I did a metal cover to one of their songs actually too. I think it was um it was that um yeah, Dr. Jones actually that one. I calling Dr. Jones. I did a whole metal metal, bro. Bro, hey, send me that link. I want to check that out. You know, uh, I'll give you my, I give, I'll send you my email, and I want to check that 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 cover out, man. If you, if you have a, dude, I didn't record it, bro. <laughs> I just oh, think about all the man, <laughs> that would have oh, been. Dude. Hey, 
would have been like I Alien Ant Farm, bro. I, I I wrote it like the parts, and then I played it for like a couple like girls like to impress them a long time. <laughs> <laughs> all the girls like <laughs> a long time. This is a long, long time. Oh hell yeah! Oh man, yeah. Like I said, you could have been the Alien Ant Farm man of uh, you know, New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, look that CD up, man. Aqua Aquarium or whatever it's called. Yeah, That's Aquarium. a good yeah, CD. It's, it's the band. It's all the, they're all together. And they have that one guy, right? That played the the Kin part. He was bald. Yeah, and, baby, I've been missing you. Yeah, he's, yeah, dude. There you go, man. All right, Josiah, man. Hey, man, we appreciate you coming on this podcast. Yeah, dude, freaking a is is it's been fun and and uh, I'm definitely gonna I'm following you guys on Spotify now, so I'll be checking you guys out. You actually got me to download Spotify, so I appreciate that because I never had it before. So all right, thank on. you for that. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. It's always fun to talk to fellow fellow fight fans and for just fans, fellow exactly. cool people. Yeah. Aqua fans. Aqua <laughs> there fans. you go. Yeah. Aqua fans. Yeah. All right, man. Well, like I said, Josiah, you know, be safe out there, man, and let us know when the next fight, and you know, we will be following, and you know, you um, you know, we you have a new fan, and uh, you know, we can't wait to see what you do, man. You know, two fights in your pro career, you know, on a six fight winning streak, gonna be doing great things, man, and uh, you know, we can't wait to see it. Oh, man, I appreciate it so much. And let me know when you come around these parts, if you got any questions or anything. I know you're trying to hit bike trails and stuff. I'm a big biker too, although I have not got to really explore the region. I, I know a lot of like hardcore bikers around here too. So I, I could easily hit any of them up. And then at any of like these Santa Fe, like REI, if you go in there, they got like a huge epic like bike map that's for free that you could just take. So man, there's some good stuff out here. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, again, give Josiah a follow. Uh, we're Punches Podcast, and uh, you know, we'll see y'all next week. Later's. <laughs>